are about to listen to Where Your Treasure Is, the podcast where faith and finance meet. Please note that the views expressed are our own and in no way represent any form of financial advice. And remember, investments can go down as well as up. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to Where Your Treasure Is. This episode, we are continuing to talk about giving and specifically the best way we can give money to a charity or an organization and how the UK tax system can enhance the amount you give. And I am one of your hosts, Bex, and I have a much more knowledgeable money counterpart, Simon. How are you, Simon? Hello, everybody. I'm doing very well. Thank you, Bex. Wonderful. So today we are looking really at the practicalities of giving. And as we were thinking about this episode, I found this quote from Kevin Cathy, an Apple engineer. And he said, at the start of my giving journey, I thought the most important lessons of giving were in logistics. How can I effectively give my paycheck or stock? But focusing on logistics only fed lifeless giving. Generosity came alive when it went from writing a check in isolation to eternally focused, joyful partnerships between siblings in Christ. I get to focus on sharing a mission with a few people by praying knowledgeably for them, giving to their specific needs and getting to visit and serve them intentionally. And giving well is more about the heart and focus of the giving rather than the practicalities of how we give. So as much as this conversation is really important and valuable, please don't let this become your focus. Instead, this is here to facilitate your giving in the most efficient way possible so that you can get even more joy out of the fact that you're giving as best you can. Simon, what are you going to hit us with now after that introduction from Kevin? Well, I think we should quickly uh, nip in the bud what the Bible says about giving. So I'll give you the summary, how the Bible says we should give, and then we'll get into the meaty stuff of finances. So here are my 17 ways the Bible tells us to give. Give generously, give systematically, give thoughtfully, give extravagantly, give reverently, give proportionately, give joyfully, give willingly, give regularly, give faithfully, give expectantly, give eternally, give worshipfully, give secretly, give cheerfully, give sacrificially, and give excellently. And once you've done all those things, we can then get onto the topic of tax. I can't wait for the tax chat. Just listening to that list, though, it felt like, wow, this is all the ways I want to be giving. But it was almost like heart and vision stuff. So this is the picture you're painting of giving. Whereas today, it's like, how do we actually put that picture and that dream into reality? So, Simon, where do we start? Okay, so we're not going to talk theology today. We do sometimes. We're going to talk very practical. This is one of the episodes which I think people might one day come back to and listen again because of the amount of content we're going to get through. And what we want to do is make sure that when people have already made that choice to give and to whom to give and maybe even why they're giving, that they then give in the best way possible. And what that really means is how we can use the UK tax system to give as much money as possible or for it to cost us as little as possible, if that makes sense. So some stats to begin with. We love our stats. According to supported giving, over £10 billion is donated to charities every year. But a third of those donations don't have something called gift aid claimed by 
the charities. And gift aid is one of the ways in which we can massively improve the efficiency of our giving. HMRC say they hold about £600 million every year of unclaimed gift aid. And back in 21-22, over £1.3 billion of gift aid was given away. So we want to use this system to get as much money into the hands of our chosen charities as possible. And gift aid always feels a little bit like a mythical or slightly detached system where you're making a donation and suddenly you get this form and you maybe fill it out, you don't entirely know where it goes. So Simon, can you talk us through what actually is gift aid and why it matters and how can we do it? So let's start with just the basics. Gift aid applies primarily to registered charities, although it is possible to be an unregistered charity and still get gift aid sometimes, or you can be a community amateur sports club, CASC. Love it. Now, basic rate tax relief is broadly speaking, for most people, about 20%, and that's given to the charity. And we'll talk a bit later on about different rates of tax. If you're a higher rate taxpayer, you can reclaim an additional amount of tax or it can be given on to the charity as well. And you either use your self-assessment tax return or you get HMRC to adjust your tax code or sometimes just pay you some money back to get that extra bit of tax relief. And it's worth noting as well that you can make a gifted election for the previous four years. Those are the basic specs. Okay, so what I'm understanding so far is I can use gifted to make the money I'm giving to my chosen charity go further. So what do I need to do to be able to claim gifted? Right, well, let's start with some of the, the numbers and I'll talk you through the process as we go along as well. Let's see how useful gift aid really can be. If you're a basic rate taxpayer, and that represents about 80% of taxpayers in the UK, so most of our listeners will fall into this category. Let's talk numbers. They are as follows. Let's imagine you decide to give £100 to a charity of your choice. And what you then do is you complete and you sign a gift aid declaration, which you can either do at the time you're making the gift or in advance of making the gift, or as I mentioned, up to four years after making the gift, and then the charity receives an extra £25 back from the taxman, HMRC. Okay, hang on a minute. I still think I have a lot of questions just from that one sentence. So can you break it down a little bit further? What would the time scale of gift aid be? Do I do it before I give the gift, with the gift, or after the gift? Any of the above. Whoa! Here's how it works. Normally, you get sent or given a blank gift aid declaration form. It could be in paper, could be online. And on that form, you'll be given either options or all of these three will be listed. That you want the current gift to qualify for gift aid. That you want all future gifts you make to this organization to qualify for gift aid. And you want any gifts you've made to them in the previous four years to qualify for gift aid. So that means if you've previously already filled in a gift aid declaration and you're just giving another gift to the same charity, well, you haven't got to fill it in again. You've already filled in the declaration. If the charity holds it, all future giving will qualify. And that's really helpful if you're making regular gifts. Fill the form in once, all future gifts are covered. So if I've given to a charity and I'm not sure if I've gifted it or not, the next time I choose to give, I can fill out that form and it'll backdate 
for the last four years and then all future gifts. Yeah, so this backdating one is quite interesting. You might not know for certain if you did fill in a gift aid form, or you might suddenly come to realise that money you've been giving regularly has never been gift aided before. The rule effectively is the charity has to claim the gift aid within four financial years of when it was made. Now, certainly, if you're not sure, just fill a form in again. And if you're in good communication with that charity, tell them you're doing it just now and that perhaps previously you have made gifts. They can then go through their records, find you. They clearly need to know that it was you who gave the money. That's an important part of the process. And then they can claim a bit of extra tax back from HMRC. Great. So my second question is that you talked about a £25 benefit to charity, but I thought that typically the basic rate of tax was about 20%, depending on where in the country you live. Confusingly, in this circumstance, 20% does equal £25 of a £100 gift. You're going to have to explain that. I usually do. It's because of this thing called gross and net amounts. The gift of £100 is the net amount that you're giving. You're giving it out of money that you've earned on which you've already paid tax. So we need to add the tax back in to work out exactly how much the gift is for. So in this case, for a 20% taxpayer, they have to earn £125. 20% of that happens to be £25. So they end up with £100 in their pocket. And at this stage, we're totally ignoring anything to do with national insurance because that just complicates things massively. And you don't get national insurance gift aid relief. It's only the tax that is gift aidable. So that £100 gift that you are making is actually a £125 gift where £25 of it is the tax that you're getting back from the tax man. So 20% tax relief is a £25 gift that costs you £100. Now, to be honest, the numbers get a bit messy, so I'm going to give you a second scenario, a little bit easier. You want to give the charity £100, and you're a 20% taxpayer. It costs you £80, that's the money that's left in your pocket, after you've paid £20 tax. It costs you £80, you add £20 tax on the tax man, it becomes £100. Oh, and £20 is still 25% of the 80 the 80 that you gave. And that's where it gets a bit confusing. Okay, so I think that helps answer my third question, which is why does the charity get money back from HMRC? And that's because really it's money I've never seen. It's money that I've paid in tax that they can then reclaim. But what happens if I haven't paid my tax this year? So as we've talked about, I'm self-employed and so I don't pay my tax bill until nine months potentially after the end of the tax year. And so does that mean that I can't use gifted? Not at all. So in your case, in cases like yours, people who don't pay their tax on the go, pay as you earn, it's called, you can still give money to charity and the charity can claim the tax back from HMRC. There's a process to do that, but they can do it straight away. And at the end of the tax year, your total tax affairs are then pulled together. Now, if you're only salaried paying tax, pay as you earn, that's dead easy. The taxman already has all the tax he's due from you. But for those who are self-employed, for those who have rental income or they have higher levels of savings or dividends, they might have to report some of this stuff to HMRC to work out how much tax they need to pay. Now, as long as you have eventually paid enough tax to cover your gift aid, then the whole thing works itself out in the wash. Wonderful. 
And so one final question on gift aid. What happens if you're not a basic rate taxpayer? What does that look like? So there's a variety of types of people who are not 20% basic rate taxpayers. Let's start with those who are non-taxpayers. They don't earn enough money to pay any tax at all, or the kind of income they get is effectively tax-free. Now, I just mentioned earlier, you have to actually pay enough tax, eventually, during the tax year for gift aid to work correctly. Now, there are some people who still give even though they don't have any taxable income. And I've come across people, for example, who retire and they get a lump sum from their pension and they live off that lump sum for a year or so, but they're still giving. It just so happens they've got no more taxable income in that year because the pension lump sum is tax-free. There are those people who stop working for a season or lose their jobs. And although they have no income, they keep giving maybe out of savings or investments and they end up not paying enough tax to cover the gift aid that has been reclaimed by the charity. I had one client who came to me, he'd been retired for a couple of years, was still giving to charity, but had no income, and therefore he wasn't paying any tax. And HMRC wrote to him and said, you owe us tax because you're claiming gift aid, but you're not paying us any tax, so you must now pay us that tax. And so what was your advice to him in that situation? There were four options I came up with for him. Now, absolutely, he had to pay the tax man what was due for the previous gift aid he'd claimed. But going forward, one, he could tell his church, it was a church he was gifting to regularly, that future gifts were no longer eligible for gift aid because he wasn't a taxpayer anymore. That would have worked. Number two, he could just keep going on using the gift aid system and every year having to pay the tax man a chunk of money to cover the gift aid. It's a bit of a long-winded process, but you get to the same result. Number three, he could have moved his gift aidable donations into his wife's name if she was a taxpayer at that time and he wasn't. That would work. And number four, he could start to draw an income from his pension fund that he had access to, which would mean he was paying enough tax to the tax man to cover the gift aid that was being reclaimed by the charity. Now, a wee point here. For anyone in a similar situation where you're not earning enough to pay tax, and that's often because of this personal allowance, the amount you're allowed to earn tax-free before you earn any income, or it might be because you're drawing money from a pension and some of that is tax-free, your 25% tax-free cash, it might be that in order to get to the point you are paying tax, you end up having to draw quite a lot of money from your pension to get to the point of being a taxpayer. On a straightforward basis, it's about £17,670 from a pension over a year before you start paying any tax at all. And then one other comment, because this just might pique some people's interest. If you're the kind of person who uses pension contributions on a regular basis to try and reduce the amount of tax you pay year on year, and that can be regular contributions or lump sums towards the end of the tax year. And you're also the kind of person who uses gift aid to maximise the amount that a charity receives when you give them money. The interaction between pension tax relief and gift aid tax relief can get quite complicated. I've come across some people who were either claiming tax relief on the same bit of money twice, which you're not allowed to do, or who are making such large pension contributions in those last couple of years leading towards retirement, that they'd wiped out all their taxable income and therefore had to pay tax to the taxman to cover the gift aid. That little bit can be quite complicated.
So what I'm hearing here is always keep an eye on how much tax you're paying if you're using gift aid in order to make sure that you have already paid HMRC the money they're going to claim or else they'll ask you for it. Spot on. They will indeed. Okay, so this is getting quite complicated and I noticed that you still didn't get to the end of my question. Well, the second half of my question in the last little section. So we've covered what happens to non-taxpayers, but what happens for higher rate taxpayers? So we have already established gift aid automatically provides for basic rate tax relief, specifically 20% tax relief. That turns your £100 gift into £125 in the hands of the charity, or it turns an £80 gift into £100. We'll use that second set of numbers. It's a bit easier to get your head around. Now, if you're a 40% taxpayer, which broadly means that you are living in not Scotland, and why would anyone want to not live in Scotland? I don't know. And if you're also earning over £50,270, you are a higher rate taxpayer. When you earn £100, you pay £40 of tax. And again, we're going to ignore national insurance to keep the maths easy. So you end up with £60 in your pocket. But if you want to make a gift that also ends up being £100 in the pockets of the charity, you have to give them £80 because HMRC are only going to give them £20 tax relief basic rate. So you paid £40 tax, you have £60 net income, and you have to give £80 away to make it £100 to the charity. Well, in effect, HMRC owes you £20 back. You earned £60, but you gave £80. And you have to request that money back from HMRC through either a self-assessment tax return at the end of the year, or you can write to them if you don't do self-assessment, or you can even claim it online. And they might change your tax code if you're going to give regularly into the future to account for this extra tax they are due back to you. But normally, you're out of pocket for a bit between when you make the gift and when the tax comes back to you. I will mention probably in the next episode a couple of ways that you can get instant higher rate tax relief. And for those of us who are living in Scotland and arguably living the dream, could you talk about the other rates of tax relief for that particular scenario? So, number one, you might be an additional rate taxpayer in the rest of the UK. So not only are you not living in Scotland, but you're also paying 45% rates of tax. So in that case, you can get another £5, 5% of the gross gift, £100, back from the tax man. So in that scenario, you're giving £100 to the charity. It only costs you £55 in the end. £20 of that goes to the charity and £25 of it comes back to you through self-assessment or through requesting it from HMRC. Now we get on to those living the dream. Those in Scotland, they might be a 19% starter rate taxpayer. Now there's free money to be had here because HMRC will still give 20% tax relief to the charity even if you're only paying 19% tax, a free 1% is achieved. Of course, you have to pay enough tax overall to cover the amount of tax relief that's being given. That's a nice little bonus from the government. But if you're a 21% intermediate Scottish taxpayer, then actually you have to request the extra 1% that you've paid. You've paid 21% tax, charity gets 20, you're owed 1% and you can claim it back. But let's think about materiality here. If you give £800 to charity, that becomes £1,000 in their pockets after 20% tax relief, and 1%, £10, is due back to you. 
but getting that £10 from HMRC might end up taking quite a lot of time and effort. So you might just not bother doing it. Sorry about that. But if you're one of the Scottish higher rate, 42% taxpayers, or additional rate, 47% taxpayers, you can go through the same process as the rest of the UK and claim back the extra 22 or £27 that you're entitled to because you have paid more tax in the first place. And I guess that might be one of the reasons people choose not to live in Scotland. So Simon, land us home on this first part of the episode. Can you tell us, are there any other factors we should be aware of when we're thinking about gift aid? Oh, there's loads of them. But let me wrap up the episode with a few more. And then next episode, we'll jump into a few other ways of giving efficiently. So I've mentioned that not just registered charities can qualify for gift aid, but so can these community amateur sports clubs that can include organizations like the scouts or the brownies but they have to register as such a club to qualify for gift aid so if you're somebody who might run a club that could qualify go and find out could be free money to you if you're collecting subscriptions from people we know this is a problem get them to sign gift aid forms and tell them it's free money in the charity's hand or the club's hands Zoos often operate as charities and they can take your membership or your entry fee and turn it into a donation if you tick the right box and also get gift aid. And that's a huge way that they make money. There are some things you can't do. You can't buy a product which you get the benefit of and make it gift aidable. You can't buy a raffle ticket and make it gift aidable. But it's the charity, it's the organisation that have to follow those rules, not you as the taxpayer. Here's some interesting ones. You can move gift aid around. So before you submit your tax return, and we're now recording this in the middle of the 2023-24 tax year, so we're beyond April the 5th, 2023. You might have made some gift aid donations in the first two or three months of the tax year. And before you send in last tax year's self-assessment, you can drop this year's gift aid into last year to get the tax relief, A, sooner, that's always a good thing, get money back quicker, but also B, if you were a higher level of taxpayer last year than you're going to be this year, getting that tax relief into the higher tax figure is better for you. So before you've put your self-assessment tax return in, you can drop this year's gift aid into last year's. That's always good. Almost the opposite as well. You might decide that because you're going to be a higher rate taxpayer next year, rather than this current year, you might want to hold off making certain charitable payments so that you get the higher rate of tax relief. Or if you're a non-taxpayer in the current year, wait until the year in which you are a taxpayer to make charitable donations. Doesn't always work, but if you've got that ability to control it, well worth doing it. Another point to note, it isn't just income tax that you have to earn. You can earn capital gains tax. So maybe you have sold a property or a business or some shares and that's triggering capital gains tax. You can also use gift aid to reclaim 20% basic rate tax on those capital gains. And just occasionally, I've recommended somebody who has sold an asset to look, This is a year you're going to be a big taxpayer and you've got a lot of money coming in. Why not turn your regular monthly giving into one big donation now and then warn the charity, I'm going to stop giving you anything for a year or two just to maximise the tax efficiency of, of this big chunk of money. And that can often work. 
Now, you can actually just give a charity some land or some property or some shares, and then they can go and sell them. That works. You get gifted on that as well. Or the charity might say, hey, thanks so much. Can you just sell it and then give us the cash? And as long as it's well recorded, that also qualifies for gift aid. And you can avoid ever having to pay capital gains tax if you're selling it effectively on behalf of the charity. Worth thinking as well, if you're going to be a lower rate taxpayer in future years, get the gift aid done sooner. If you're a higher rate, get the gift aid done later. Keep good records. Always keep records. Typically for about six years, HMRC might come back and ask you for evidence. They've done that for me in the past. They could do it for you as well. If you are in a relationship where you have a joint bank account, husband and wife, for example, and if one of you is a higher rate taxpayer in one year than the other, you can elect which of you is giving the money as long as you communicate to the charity or the organization, this is from husband or this is from wife. You can no longer just have a joint declaration. You have to specify as you make the gift, who is it that's giving it so that again, the maximum tax relief is achieved. And then finally, and you'll be breathing a sigh of relief, if you're giving small amounts under £30, even if it's £30 every week, for example, into a church donation on a Sunday morning, you don't actually have to fill in anything. The church can pull them all together and say, we received lots of small donations this week or this month, and there is a small donations gift aid scheme they can use. They still get the gift aid, even though it's a small amount of money and you haven't filled a form in. And I think we're just about done on gift aid. I've got one super practical question before we officially wrap up gift aid, which is when you talk about keeping good records, really practically, what does that look like or how have you seen clients do that well? You will need to report who you've given to, how much you've given and when. Now, if it's a charity, you might want to make a note of their charity number to prove it's registered. If they're not registered charity, the name will be sufficient. But that's the information HMRC will require to test that the tax relief that the organisation has claimed does tally up with what you have given to them. They look at it from both sides, personal and charity. Excellent. So what are we going to look at next time we meet? We'll look at some alternatives to gift aid, systems that allow charities to get higher amounts of money. We're going to talk about when to give, lifetime giving versus giving at the point of death. We're going to talk about company giving and how that can be a very efficient way of giving money away. And of course, you might throw some questions at me, Bex, which will just take us down a rabbit hole and we'll see where we get to. That's what I'm best at. We will look forward to talking about that then and having you as part of that conversation. And if during this series you have questions about giving or have comments you want to make about something we've discussed, we would absolutely love to hear that. You can get in touch with us at where your treasure is at freerangepodcasting.co.uk or you can drop us a message on Instagram at where your treasure is podcast and we look forward to hearing from you. We'll be back next time for some more on how to give well. We'll see you soon. Bye. See you then. This podcast has been brought to you by Free Range Podcasting. Let us take you where you and your podcast want to go.